It is Morning Edition on NHPR. I'm Rick Ganley, and this is the New Hampshire News Recap. We're getting into the week's top headlines. Granite Staters came out to vote on town meeting day despite this week's Nor'easter, and the New Hampshire House and Senate met to vote on a number of bills, including a so-called Parental Bill of Rights. NHPR's Josh Rogers and Paula Tracy from In-Depth New Hampshire were out reporting on town elections and the State House this week, and they joined me now. Good morning to you both. Good morning, Rick. Good morning. Josh, I want to start with you. What were some of the issues on town ballots and what results do we know about so far? Well, I confess I didn't follow town results in a, in a sort of really granular way, but there were some votes such as in Croydon, the, the ousting of Jody Underwood from the school board. That was a pretty strong vote there. She was Free State Project member. Her husband, Ian Underwood, was the person who proposed the drastic budget cut last year in Croydon that Begat upheaval over you know how they were going to deal with uh, education in the town. Came a big national story too. Yeah. Uh, restored. Um, so that happened in Croydon. Wolfboro, meanwhile, voters uh, sent a pretty strong message rejecting uh, efforts to uh, censor books in schools. Uh, Article thirty nine, which was adopted there, uh, prohibited the spending of town money on quote the banning of books or any other content from the Wolfboro Public Library. Um, you know, Dalton, there was a high profile, some high profile votes uh, surrounding, uh, you know, ongoing fight over the proposed landfill there. There was a um, voters there rejected warrant articles to abolish the town planning board and the conservation commission. Um, both of these were obviously inspired by the fight over the landfill. There were other things I was kind of keeping an eye on towns that didn't uh, that didn't happen due to the weather uh, cancellations of, of obscene books. Uh, Warren article mm-hmm. out of Raymond and uh, Jason Soren's effort to get win election to the Amherst Planning Board. He was actually the person who founded the Free State Project back in 2001 when he was a graduate student at Yale. They'll be voting in Raymond and Amherst on March 28th. Yeah, because dozens of towns, of course, did put off the, the voting yes. this week because of the storm. Any other town issues that you were following, Paula, that uh, you want to allude to that you heard Josh talking about or, or didn't? Well, Josh territory that we were working on. Um, there were also losses for the free staters in Ossipee and Derry. Um, those were um, either school board or uh, selectman positions. Um, so it really wasn't a very um, uh, fruitful time for these folks that are a movement um, that are moving for limited government and moving to New Hampshire. So, Were there any free state issues that, that did move forward, Paula? <laughs> well, as, as they're known, the porcupines essentially got stuck in the snow. Um, that, that, there doesn't seem to have anything um, coming out that um, you can see that were a movement toward making New Hampshire more free. I seem to have a little bit of a, a problem with Paula's line there. You're cutting in and out a little bit, Paula. I don't okay. know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe just stand still. I'm not sure. Over okay. 70 towns did postpone elections due to Tuesday's snowstorm, and some parts of the state received, you know, two-plus feet of snow. Uh, Paula, um, what was turnout like for towns that did decide to move forward with those elections? Well, it was not your typical year for them. Um, in the case of Center Harbor, um, they had about 68 voters uh, by the end of the day compared to a typical year of about 180. When I got there at 1.30, there had only been 26 voters in the snow, and the ballot clerks were looking pretty bored. Um, Mayor Richardson, who's the town clerk, uh, said there was about as many people who came out the day before to get an absentee ballot just in case the vote um, um, or the snow prevented them from uh, showing up. Um, This is a new law now that uh, allows towns to postpone for two weeks if the weather service issues a warning and the moderator uh, deems it necessary. 
And uh, Josh, well, you went out in the snow. You were out there, um, with, you know, in areas that were, you know, hard hit with power outages. What was it like at the polls? Well, I, I went to Henniker and where both towns had power outages. And in Henniker, uh, it was mostly smooth. There had been uh, plenty of voters who had, who had voted, uh, who had gotten absentee balance or voted at town hall uh, prior. Um, you know, the generator in Henniker was working. Election officials and candidates were ready. Uh, two select board candidates actually had a tent set up side, outside that they were sharing in order to keep dry. Um, you know, there was concern about wet ballots. They had a sign on the voting machine saying no wet ballots in past election. There had been a jam due to that. But, you know, things were going relatively smoothly in where uh, it was a little less smooth. Uh, voting was taking place at middle school there. The generator failed. They brought in a supplementary generator. That wasn't sending power to the school gymnasium where the voting was actually taking place. So, some dramatic pictures yeah, of, of people I, I, voting with flashlights. I, I got there in the middle of the day. It was sort of a kind of crepuscular scene. There was battery-powered floor lamps, um, a couple of ballot clerks wearing headlamps. Uh, they were muddling through. And, the, you know, the snow was quite heavy uh, in that part of the state. Uh, I sort of almost got stuck in the parking lot trying to leave. So yeah. it, was, it was a lot of snow. Certainly the southwestern portion of the state, the Badanoc region, was very hard hit. It is Morning Edition on NHPR. We're recapping this week's news with NHPR's Josh Rogers and in-depth NH Paula Tracy. If you've got some questions about our reporting or you'd like to inform our reporting, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at voices at nhpr.org. Paula, I want to turn uh, our attention now to uh, some State House news. At the State House yesterday, where the Senate passed an updated version of, of a so-called Parental Bill of Rights, and a similar bill had failed to pass last year. What does this version entail? Yes, um, the vote on Senate Bill 272 was down party lines 14 to 10, with all the Republicans voting to support the measure establishing a parent's Bill of Rights in education. It requires a teacher or a school to reply to a parent's questions related to their child's actions, say they change their name or um, clothing, or questions about um, their sexual identity. Um, proponents say it's about keeping parents in the loop, while opponents say, um, th and they were all Democrats, um, um, that this singles out the LGBTQ community and that it could be a rights issue inevitably um, to be litigated if passed. Well, what would happen if a school didn't release information that was requested by a parent? Well, the, the law would allow parents to go to court against uh, the teacher and school district and to get compensatory relief, including attorney's fees. So what kind of testimony were you hearing from members of the public who did show up at the vote? Well, I didn't cover the actual public hearing on it, but um, it appears from the record that almost 1,600 opposed the bill, or they registered in, and 400 who signed in as supporting it. Some of the senators who spoke on the floor yesterday pretty passionately um, were people who'd come out themselves, and they debated both sides of the issue. So this is going to head to the House uh, and, and next, Paula. Given the passionate testimony that you heard this week, do you think the needle has, has moved at all on this issue? Oh, it's hard to say, Rick. The House uh, is new and closely divided body, um, more closely than last year, when it um, did run into trouble in the House. Um, uh, the governor has indicated um, that he will see what the final language is to determine if he will sign it or veto the measure. But he had um, warned um, last year that he might not uh, uh, support the uh, measure that had passed the Senate um, last year. Josh, the House approved a bill to outlaw racial profiling yesterday. What does that mean for law enforcement specifically? 
Well, I mean, first it needs to pass the Senate and get signed by the governor. So this bill may have a way to go. But, um, you know, it is interesting that that uh, requiring racial profiling training for police was a, was a recommendation of the 2021 Law Enforcement Reform Commission created by Governor Sununu in the wake of the, the killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis. Um, you know, reform on efforts by that committee started with a lot of hope, but kind of stalled a bit when it came to actually implementing recommendations, particularly around racial data collection. Um, so, you know, this is going to be interesting to watch. Uh, the state Senate is a place where the police lobby and general sympathy to a law enforcement point of view tends to have gr hold greater sway than in the House. But you know, as for this bill in particular, it would aim to outlaw law enforcement from using race, national origin, religion, sex, gender, sexual orientation, age, disability, really a range of categories when uh, from considering that, uh, from considering someone a suspect of a crime on those characteristics alone. Um, you know, the more complicated part of the bill also aims to address racial bias and criminal sentencing practices. Um, there was an effort to strip that out on the floor that failed uh, yesterday and involving the judicial branch may complicate the future of this bill. Um, but racial profiling is already banned at the federal level, and, and many states do have racial profiling laws on the books. So, you know, some of this has been done. And as was noted during the floor debate yesterday in the House, New Hampshire does have its own far more tailored uh, profiling law, and that, that came up during the floor debate. Our state has the unique distinction of having passed a motorcycle profiling law but not a racial profiling law. There is a problem here in New Hampshire, and we can address that issue. We are basically saying to all the men and women in law enforcement, we don't trust you, and we think you are racially profiling. Okay, so that was some of the conversation at the state house. Yeah, and, yeah. and I thought the mention by uh, Representative Linda Harry Gathright's mention of the, the, of the motorcycle profiling law was interesting because that was actually a measure championed and sponsored by House Speaker Sherman Packard, an avid motorcyclist who had some adverse reaction to being stopped uh, while riding his motorcycle. And As you said, very narrowly and, tailored. And, um, yeah. and it, it was interesting because this, this measure only passed by one vote, and so it was 186 to 185. In those circumstances, a speaker can you know, decide to get involved and create a tie vote there by killing the bill. Um, Packard did not do so yesterday. So this was interesting. Josh, what was the attendance like for that House House session? Um, you know, it fluctuates during the course of the day. I wasn't keeping an absolute track, but most of the roll call votes indicated, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 reps were out from, from any votes, which is pretty typical. And Republicans have opposed this bill previously. I mean, this was right down party lines. Well, uh, you know, it, it, this bill, I'm not sure this bill no. has actually come before, but this is this, you know, the, the House is a different animal than the Senate. And, you know, we heard that in Paula's discussion of the parental rights bill. And so this is going to be interesting when this gets over to the Senate. Does this bill change? Does the does the the the, the racial profiling sentencing provision gum up the works? Um or does it pass? We'll and there's see. a question of data collection here when we're talking about racial profiling well, in the state, I mean, too. You, well, but it's like, how do you, how do you, I mean, the, the issue about data collection is it was an ability to sort of potentially diagnose how big a problem this may or may right. not be. Sure. Um, you know, this would put this would put something on the book saying, like, you can't do this. And, and you know, it, it applies to many, many categories. So it's broad. And it, this is going to be an interesting one to watch. Okay. We'll be watching for it. I know you'll be reporting more on it, Josh. What other news have you been keeping on, uh, keeping an eye on at the Statehouse? 
Well, in the House now is really the time to get cracking on the state budget. They have a couple weeks to finish that work. They've got to make myriad choices. And one thing I'll be watching is how much of what Governor Sununu proposed stays in the budget. You know, governors propose, legislatures dispose a lot when it comes to budgets. And, you know, certainly uh, do the pay raises he put in for all state workers, 10 percent one year, 2 percent the next year. Do those stay? Do all the licensing reforms and the elimination of uh, 30 some odd occupational licenses uh, that came up during the public hearing that was this week. Do provider rates for Medicaid? Uh, that's another issue that you know really affects you know the workforce. Do those stay in? But the, but the House has a lot of work to do and typically um, you know the House has to scramble and then it gets to the Senate and they've got better revenue numbers and their product tends to kind of hold sway in most years. And so we'll see if that happens this year. But right now the House is kind of nose to the grindstone time for the budget. And Paula, what other stories are you working on? Well, I covered the Executive Council and they meet next Wednesday and uh, there's always surprises there. I think um, they have a nomination on the table for um, the Commissioner of Safety um, Robert Quinn is up for uh, renomination. Um, I'm also watching the governor as he continues to kick the tires on a run for president. And this week he um, sent a letter off um, related to the border um, with Canada, to the, um, the Biden administration, saying he'd like to see um, it, it increased in funding and support to protect the borders that he say are being inundated with uh, folks trying to illegally get into the um, nation. So take a look at that. And also at In-Depth, we will be interested to see what happens um, uh, running up to March 28th when um, the 77 towns get out there to vote at their postponed voting um, to see how some of these free staters do on the delayed ballot. Yeah, town elections are not over. No. All right. NHPR's Josh Rogers, our senior political reporter, and Paul Tracy is a reporter for In-Depth in New Hampshire. Thank you both so much. Welcome, Mark. You can find Thank more. You. you can find more of their work and all the stories that we talked about this morning. By the way, at nhpr.org and in depth nh.org. I'm Rick Ganley. This is NHPR.